Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? It's Sunday night. We're recording this a, a day early just to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. It's crazy how much I, I woke up early, to, you know, this morning thinking that it was going to be a normal Sunday and, and, and that's, it's just the, the, the weird transition from, from training camp to the regular season and the sudden crazy uptick in news that's happening on a daily versus it's just, it's it's really, it's taken me by surprise. I woke up to a whole plethora of news clips and, and information about the Cowboys this morning was actually surprising. Yeah, so this I, I really feel like Sunday's news started on Friday evening. Now, if you weren't around on Twitter on Friday evening, um, it was reported that Baltimore Ravens safety Earl Thomas uh, was kicked out of practice and sent home after getting into a fight with teammate Chuck Clark. Uh, the, on Saturday, the, the Ravens went back to practice, uh, and Earl Thomas was not there. It came out that the Ravens were deciding what to do with Earl Thomas, and then by Sunday morning, Adam Schefter reported that the the Baltimore Ravens have cut Earl Thomas. Why is this Dallas Cowboys news? Well, we know there's a fascination with Earl Thomas in the Cowboys front office. Uh, I'm not sure about the coaching staff, but as soon as Thomas was released, uh, both Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported that the Cowboys do have interest in bringing in Earl Thomas. So, um, Landon, it sounds like there was a lot going on in Baltimore with Earl Thomas outside of this one fight. Uh, It's been reported that he actually has gotten into multiple altercations with teammates uh, over the last year. Um, The front office and the leadership and the coaching staff on that team, they were all fine with getting rid of Earl Thomas. But now that he's a free agent, are you interested in bringing in Earl Thomas to the to the Dallas Cowboys? Every you know, it's just first of all, this this the story that never dies, and really, really, never. it just no, gets no. transcribed to different you know bodies. I mean, it went from Earl to Jamal Adams, and then you know now it's been yeah, transcribed back to somehow to Earl Thomas. It's like it's like a bad soap opera, you know. It's they yeah, bring sure. characters back from the dead and everything. You know, honestly. At, Every turn, he becomes less appealing. You know. Yes, I, 100% I, I think. Agree. I I think you know the there's a question to how much of this would have been allowed if he was still and and I've seen and I've seen the the arguments made by people online like you know with his PFF grades or whatever, but but. I, he's still I, a good safety. I, I mean, uh, I yes, would say he's still a top tier safety. Still a good safety, but that's not the kind of. That, I mean, I guess that's the difference, right? Like, when you're a good safety, teams don't put up with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, teams don't put up with you. Well, I, I, I think I was gonna say I think you can still make the case that Earl Thomas is a above average to maybe even an elite safety based on the game, right? But I don't think he's a clear cut best safety in the NFL. Yeah, anymore, and, uh, yeah, right? I, I agree, and I, I agree that he could potentially still be elite. And I also think that 
some of the dip in his physicality you saw last year uh, may only be temporary because maybe it's 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 not just age, but also just him recovering still from uh, a pretty awful you know injury the year before when he was with Seattle. So, so sure. uh, you know, I, I think there is an argument to be made that he's still a valuable player. But but I, I just think that you know the, the question now becomes now you've really added a concern like a locker room concern to a certain degree like it, it went it, something that wasn't there before regardless how you feel about you know Earl Thomas you know and, and, and how he leads on the field and what an example is and what you know what kind of player he is on the field and what his football character is I, I think right. you, you you start to have concerns about you know it's a series of things first it starts with the the whole instagram stuff with this brother which you know whatever yeah, it's just yeah. weird and and then on you know i i'm i honest to god i honest to god wonder if that's part of what's going on like with their like if if, if people just hit him up about that and he's sensitive you know because it's it, the argument that went all over was like apparently about a blown coverage that he that he did you know and it it just feels like you know that that He's been in a, in a terse emotional situation with with the leaders of that locker room since he arrived, you know. And so I guess what I'm getting at is that, uh, you know, if that if that's all of that to me kind of creates a situation where you're getting a, a football player who I don't know what his headspace is like right now. And with the shortened season, is is, is uh, like yeah. they have better yeah. eyes on the guy in a way that we don't. Has he has he looked good in, in training camp practices? That's that, I mean I'm not I'm asking this rhetorically. You know, it's like, I, I, is it all enough of a formula where people would just like, you know what, this is not worth the risk and and or the money. Even though they're they're I mean like that's the other thing too. You know, they're going to go for a grievance, but they may not get it. And, and if they do get it, then what is the, you know? It, it's like a, a total catch twenty two. If they do get it, then then that I mean frankly that shows you how bad his behavior was and that even further yeah, drives yeah. you away from wanting to get it if they don't get it then yeah you, you get the opportunity uh to uh to to get earl thomas but still think about the fact that the ravens cut him with the with the knowledge that they may lose that money they still you know it, it was such a bad situation that they cut him you know despite the chance to lose all that money that they spent on all that guarantee because of, of offset language so uh, you know i I, I don't know. It's, it's a great it's, point. It's, yeah. I think to me, uh, I understand the desire for the player because I and I do and I'm not downgrading or downplaying how good a player he is. Though I, I don't think he is, you know, maybe the same same elite player he was obviously at his, at his peak in, in in Seattle. The question now becomes, again, like, is it worth the trouble? Is this a guy who is going through a difficult period in his life and, and is not going to be? Uh, a good fit in any locker room right now. Yeah, so I think it's important to to note the situations that were going on. I think Pete Carroll and John Harbaugh are two of the best coaches in the NFL at managing personalities, right? I just think they do a fantastic job of keeping the locker room strong and healthy. Um, and both of those coaches and those teams have basically said no to Earl Thomas since the end of the 2018 season, right? It's that part I, I have a hard time getting over. And the fact that prominent leaders on the Ravens team went to the front office and said, hey, we're completely fine cutting Earl Thomas. I just think that gives you a sense of how bad it was in that locker room. It sounds like 
Uh, he was late to meetings and didn't show up to practice sometimes at all. Uh, very confrontational in meetings when you know the coaches were trying to yeah. criticize him. It, I mean, maybe this is one of the things where he gets to Dallas. You know, if the Cowboys would happen to sign him, he gets to Dallas and he's fine and he's happy and he's on his best behavior for a year or whatever. But it's. I know Cowboy Nation is excited right now about the potential of getting Earl Thomas at a massive, massive discount. But sometimes there's just it's just better to avoid and wait and see how this the plays floor out. Has dropped. That's 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 the oh, problem. Yeah. Is that is, is if you're going to floor ceiling this situation, not not the person, just the situation, right? Like sure. yeah. the the ceiling is still a little bit. It, the ceiling grows lower every single year. That's just the the reality of most NFL players, right? Especially at a certain age. Of course. But but the floor with Earl Thomas is always extremely high because at the very at the very least you're getting a generational safety, right? Now you add in a situation that is beyond football, like you know his ability to get on the field and stay on the field because he can't deal with people on a, on a level in meetings and he can't stay you know not being kicked out of practice and not de- being dis- disruptive to the the, the the team unity that suddenly you know really really you know widens the spectrum of what the possibility is of what could happen in, in, in a very negative way not in a positive way and suddenly the yeah. floor of this situation starts dropping because it's not even necessarily about like if if the guy's in you know lost a step or whatever, who cares? If if the guy is so disruptive as a personality that he can't even get on the field, he can't re, you know be coached, he can't you know not disrupt what's going on in the Cowboys locker room. I would expect the Cowboys to do a bunch of research and digging over the next couple of days. I don't think this is going to be a situation where any team signs him right away. I just think they're going to want to see how things play out and get as much information as possible. Uh, but again, I, I do expect the Cowboys to have at least some level of interest here. We're going to talk more about Earl Thomas and the rest of the Cowboys safeties in a second. Uh, but I wanted to tell you guys about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like we had a long day at work or we're just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Okay, Lane, the Cowboys held practice early on Sunday morning, and we got a bunch of interesting nuggets uh, from our guy Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. I think the most fascinating one was his note on safety haha Clinton Dix, who the Cowboys signed in free agency earlier this offseason. Uh, they gave him a one-year deal with $2.25 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, but so far... It doesn't sound like he's impressed the beat reporters that are there on practice. Uh, he's actually made the note that Darian Thompson was far more impressive in camp so far. Um, let's go ahead and start there. Is it surprising to you that maybe HaHa ha Clinton Dix has struggled in camp? And what do you think about the potential of Thompson starting over him this season? 
yeah, I mean, I think... I think the, the the report is not terribly surprising. I mean, it's just because HaHa ha Clinton Dix is not, like, such a slam dunk, you know, vet that he... Uh, that, you know, it was... He's beyond reproach. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think... Yeah, like two point two five million yeah. is like the same money that Jeff Heath got yeah, for the Raiders to be exactly. a third safety, and, and, right? And so, you know, I think that I, I think that if he's not, it's hard for me to gauge how you know the percentage of this that's bad safety play by by him and good safety play by Darian Thompson just to start off. But then also on top of that, I, I just think that you know he he wasn't like some huge he, you know he, he, i think because of his name you know and i don't mean that because of it, it's unusual yeah. i mean because well, he's a first, first round pick from alabama yeah. yeah i think that, you yeah. know, that that he uh you know you brought in a certain level of of expectation that probably has followed him everywhere and i and i don't i just don't think he is that level of player necessarily but i think that you know so i i it, it, that's why i'm curious because i think the other thing too is that I'm a big Darian Wilson, uh, uh, Damian Wilson fan. So, uh, Darian Thompson, I got you. No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Wilson. Like I, I, I Donovan, oh, Donovan Wilson. Wilson. I'm sorry. I, I think... always get Damian, <laughs> Damian Donovan Dixon. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Donovan Wilson fan. Obviously huge because <laughs> sure. I, I can always get his name right. Uh, but no, I, I am like, and I, and I and I think yeah, I, I'm surprised. Even though Thompson has a, a bit more experience there, I'm surprised that it's him that over Wilson. I, I just would like to see Wilson get more snaps there. But but again, like, it seems like we've heard a steady drumbeat of positive feedback about Darian Thompson for a while. And I, and I you know, like, obviously, be- since before this coaching staff, so th- there is a possibility that Darian Thompson has actually impressed them. And, and, you know, he has some physical traits to him that, you know, if he had figured something out and if, you know, finally put it together... He's you know, the 26 year old player. He's still young. He maybe that's part of what's going on here is that you you're seeing a young player who's kind of ascending with with all the the the, the snaps he's taken and started to start to kind of figure it out. And and you've got a guy in Haha Clinton Dix who comes in with a two million dollar contract, which again is not very much money, but is a no, but is at no. least well known. So the assumption is that that he's going to be the starter, and, and and really what we're seeing is that Darian Thompson, you know, is is actually just starting to develop into a, a good player with some experience. So I'm not going to take anything away from Galkin's report because I believe him. I think I think he's fantastic in terms of giving us notes. However, I would I would say it like this: I think Thompson is probably the more reliable practice player. Like, I just think he's somebody who is assignment sound and uh, probably always in the right spot. But the reason why the Cowboys went out and got HaHa Clinton Dix was his ability to create takeaways, right? He's somebody throughout the course of his career has been really good at making five, six, seven splash plays over the course of a season uh, to help your defense. And the Cowboys want more of those big plays on defense, and they come at a cost, right? There's a reason why HaHa Clinton Dix isn't the best safety in the league is because there's a lot of times where He's a you know unreliable tackler. He'll take some bad angles. He'll gamble a little bit too much. But you're hoping that the payoff of those five, six, seven splash plays a year is enough to you know overcome that. I think in practice sometimes if you're not seeing him make those plays or if he goes two or three days without making a play, yeah, it's easy to say that you know maybe Thompson is looking better or he's been more consistent. That doesn't surprise me at all. 
Um, I still expect HaHa Clinton Dix to play quite a bit, especially in certain packages where he's the the single high safety. But I think the, the takeaway here is that maybe the Cowboys like Thompson more than what we ever anticipated, right? Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's you know, I mean, that's that, that's something that we've been hearing for a long time is that he is a guy that that they have thought that was very you know studious was always prepared I, I mean i think that they've really you know even the previous staff like we mentioned was very was a big fan of of how he prepared and and, and how he got was ready in practice and what, what a good player he was in practice so uh, you know i wouldn't be surprised and again like even when he got i mean when he got into the game it wasn't like he was bad necessarily i think i think there was i think i remember there was one time when i think there was an injury and he got in right away and immediately he got picked on for a touchdown and and I think that yep. there was yep. a, a you know a kind of uh, a sample bias there that people kind of got in their head. But I think if you look at his snaps overall, he wasn't a huge liability when he was in there. And I think he now has a lot of experience starting in for two different teams. It's now you know two or three different coaching staffs. I, I think that that's you know and he like I said he's only 26 years old. He's kind of a bigger guy. Maybe this is a guy that you know you trust a little bit more inside the box to kind of make a tackle. I think he's been a, bit, a good special teams guy at, at times too. So, I, um, yeah, and maybe the idea is not just that you know, hot, like you mentioned with the with the money with Hot Clinton Dix, it's not a ton. So maybe the idea is that they want to rotate that position a little bit more. They like sure, they like what sure. Xavier Woods is, and and frankly, you know, I think you you also hear talk about them looking at Worley and, and even uh, you know some other mm. people that we can mention a little bit down. I don't want to yeah. jump around our, our agenda, but I, I think that, you know, really what you see is, and, and another report that we saw is that Xavier Wood is, Woods is locked into his spot, you know? And, and I think oh, the, yeah. what, what they're planning to do opposite of Xavier Woods, it, you know, it may vary depending on the, 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 the opponent they're playing, how, how they want to line up. They may have multiple different packages with different players manning that second safety spot and maybe it's a third safety that's out there so it's not all that surprising that Darian Thompson is getting a bunch of extra snaps because I I think that it wouldn't be all that surprising if you know as long as as long as Earl Thomas isn't on the team if that ex that other safety spot isn't a spot that gets rotated or you know changed out a lot depending on situation yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about Galkin's very next note from his practice tweets. He said it's um, it's interesting to monitor what the Cowboys are doing at cornerback because they're cross-training some of these guys to play safety, including Daryl Worley, who we've talked about a bunch as you know a guy who could not only play on the outside but potentially be like a tight end stopper against certain teams because of his size. And then rookie Reggie Robinson, who the Cowboys drafted in the fourth round, who has a lot of size and I could see developing into a similar type of player. Um, the reason why I think this is interesting, uh, we were talking about Haha Clinton Dix. If the Cowboys ultimately decide that they love Reggie Robinson, let's say they love Reggie Robinson and Daryl Worley, and they're trying to find a way to get both those guys on the roster and find them snaps. What they potentially could do, and again, I don't think this is all that likely, but the Cowboys could cut HaHa Clinton Dix, save uh, about $2 million against the salary cap, and just get a little bit younger in the secondary. So giving these guys like Worley and uh, Robinson some snaps at safety, 
I think it's smart just because it seems going to be flexible on defense. But also, this could be a cap move, too, if there's not a huge difference between what HaHa Clinton Dix and, let's say, Daryl Worley are doing at the safety position. What are your thoughts on those two players getting some extra snaps uh, at a different position this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if they are finding ways to... You know, and 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 clearly, and again, this <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm throwing you segways here all the way. Clearly, it sounds like they're doing some kind of unconventional stuff with their nickel packages. It sounds like so. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that you know there, there is a possibility that that maybe they are looking at it more like a one safety position, and then that the other one is kind of as. You know, not not as needed because I think they will be running obviously in some two safety looks. They, I I I think that that's clearly you know part of it. But when you're playing cover four from the slot, you know how how different is that than, than not. when it's you're not. playing cover four as a safety? You know, and then and then if you're nope. good, maybe you could play some cover two, you know, and, and or two man or or whatever. You're playing you're playing two. It doesn't really matter what's happening underneath. So like yeah, I think that if they can find ways to to Work in talent there, you know, depending on the matchup, and maybe maybe this is too pie in the sky, but 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 I'm thinking that they could you know piece together that other safety spot and not necessarily need to rely on uh, uh, haha Clinton Dix because if they need to, to play true split safety, they do have Darian Thompson or they do have uh, mm-hmm. Donovan Wilson. Maybe that maybe this trust in those guys too could eventually make you you, you know haha Clinton Dix a guy that. Uh, gets cut to save some money, and if, if for no other reason, just to roll over into the cap for next season to potentially pay Dak in, in a in a you know difficult cap year sure. with, with COVID results. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know if it's all that likely, but again, two million dollars being able to roll that over into a year where the cap might only be one hundred and seventy-five million. I mean, it's it's going to help. So I think that's just something to keep an eye on. I think this is a big week for Haha Clinton Dix. To, to look good in camp if he struggles this week or if guys like Thompson and Reggie Robinson and Daryl Worley continue to impress at safety, I think we might have to seriously seriously consider the possibility that HaHa Clinton Dix doesn't make this team. Uh, let's take one more quick break and we'll come back with some more uh, training camp notes. Okay, Landon. Um, the, I've got some three really, really fun notes here and we'll kind of get through these fast. Uh, the first one, was Everson Griffin was at practice on Sunday. It was his first uh, padded practice. Uh, all reports looked like he was fantastic. He was in shape. Uh, I know the offensive tackle situation was not great, uh, but they said he was dominant out there. Is that surprising to you no. at all? I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, just based on what I've seen previously, and you know, I think he's unless he fell real real far off, I, I, I that doesn't surprise me at all. He's, he's a good player. I, I, as I say, again, when we saw him in the playoffs last yeah. year against New Orleans and their two all-pro tackles, he was hashtag he good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, not not an issue at all. Uh, this one is far yeah. more fascinating to me. Uh, during the Cowboys' uh, four-minute drill at the end of practice uh, against the first-team offense, uh, the Cowboys had a three-man defensive line of Everson Griffin, uh, Demarcus Lawrence as a defensive ends, and then Alden Smith at nose tackle. Uh, that's quite the position change for Alden Smith, but uh, we've, we've both seen some pictures of him in practice. We've seen a couple of videos of him. I'm not doubting anything Alden Smith can do at this point in his career. Right? I mean, I, dude, I'd load, I'd line him head up over any center in the league. 
<laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Good yeah, luck. he's a monster. Like, he, he'll definitely get help. He'll definitely get, you know, guard attention as, as he should. But, I mean, if, if you decide that you want to help out against Everson and, and, and Lawrence without any sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, extra, without any sort of chip or tight end, you, you, you're going to leave this guy alone inside with some center and, and he, you know, he'll knock the snot out of him. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think I I would put him there for a whole game, but I, on a, in a pass rushing situation, if you're thinking about going empty and you're going to do a five man protection uh, against you know that line plus uh, Jalen Smith blitzing, I mean you can't double all those guys and, and you're no. going to get a lot you're going to get it's a lot fun. of one on one work there, and uh, I don't think you want either Lawrence or Griffin. You don't want any four of those guys getting a one-on-one situation with whoever they're going against uh, in a passing situation. So, yeah, I do think, again, like this is how you solve a lot of these defensive tackle concerns is, is you know, you scheme it up. You, you take the usage out mm-hmm. and, and you figure out a way to stop the run early downs. Uh, and, 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 you know, if you need to play a little bit heavier inside, that's fine with what you got. And then you figure out how to do it on a pass rush situation. You, you, you scheme it up and make sure that the gaps are being attacked. You, it's just about attacking protections. And I think that there's lots of ways to do it. You don't need a traditional three technique on every snap. And, and the snaps that you do need them, you, you've got guys in there that can play that. And I think they're going to find ways to put those bodies uh, in ways to, to get one-on-one situations and win. I don't know if you saw Jim Tomsula's interview love, from love the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically said that Alden Smith got him paid yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. I just thought that was yeah. really funny. Um, two more quick notes before we head out. Uh, Bradley and I in the 11-on-11 session, again against backup tackles, uh, back-to-back sacks. Sounds like he's starting to, to get into rhythm a little bit there. How do you think he could potentially factor into this defensive line in 2020? You know, I, I think at this point, his position's pretty well stacked. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens with Randy Gregory or if there's actually any movement or what's going on there. Uh, his goal should just be to make the team and absolutely, try to get active. Absolutely, yeah. Games, I mean, right? and I, I honestly, I think it's more than likely that he's going to be a healthy scratch. You know, I just feel that it's right. So, so if he can find his way onto the field for five, six games, that would be a, a monster win in a, in a off season. That's really, well, yeah. And especially considering the, the depth chart that he's got in front of him currently. Yeah. Sure. I would say absolutely. All right. And the last one, uh, I know we spent like the last three, uh, episodes of this podcast talking about wide receiver four and all the possible names, but, uh, it sounds like we're starting <laughs> to figure out who that wide receiver for is. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Wilson. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he had a fan, another fantastic practice on Sunday. Uh, Amari Cooper said after the practice that he looks fast. He looks good. He looks detailed in his route running. He looks like he's ready to take that next step. Um, we kind of figured that was guy, the guy that had the best chance of grabbing that number four wide receiver job. It's, re- it's really encouraging to me that it seems like you know, a couple oh, a week into practice that he's already taken that role. But uh, just for anybody who hasn't heard your thoughts on Cedric Wilson, what do you think he can provide this offense? Well, I mean, I think it's he's he's the best case scenario to take this job because I think he can give you uh, everything that you want. Probably yeah, the most. Well, I mean that too. too right? I, I think that you know what you really are looking for. You're looking for a, a, to, trying to get two or three of the following things. One, uh, a versatile backup 
who can um, play all three spots. If anybody goes down, someone who knows what they're doing goes steps in. Two, a guy that uh, is going to be a, a vital special teams player, and and three, a guy that you know potentially on their own could come in and be uh, a, just a change of pace guy that uh, you know that you want to sub in every once in a while, uh, just because he could be his own kind of mismatch nightmare. And, and I think that you know the the question was. For most of these guys, can they attain two or three, two of those three? And with him, you know, he he had the ability in him if he could develop, and he's been, you know, slowly if just if the, the pace of him developing, he's slowly built himself into this player, mm-hmm. you know. And now what you're seeing is that Cedric Wilson is uh, hopefully the kind of developed, fully developed form of what he what came into league. He got had some setbacks. He's gotten bigger and stronger, and now he, you know he's he can do slot. He can be the outside. He can do all three of those things. You know, he can be a guy that can come in and, and, and provide on his own as a bigger as a bigger receiver. He can play in the slot. He can you know play all three spots. He can return punts. He can be on special teams and and make tackles as well. So uh, I think at this point, you know, you you wanted. You wondered if Devin Smith was going to come in and with his speed, and that would change the game. You wondered if John Vea Johnson, you know, again a changeup guy, but you wondered if he could do anything in special teams or 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 play all three spots. I think Cedric Wilson is the best case scenario because he has such balance in his game, and he gives you the special teams component that you need to have from that guy. Yes. And I think he's the only one of these guys, uh, you know, that really provides all of that. And again. Not even just special teams, but as a returner. Like I think that's you know that's something he can. That's a little bit rare on this team. In case you don't want to always put CD Lamb out there uh, to return punts. Yep, it sounds like he's been the team's primary punt returner with CD Lamb rotating in in certain packages or certain you know situations. But uh, it's just really encouraging that Wilson has taken that job because I do agree. I think he has the most upside. I think he can fill the most positions. And I also think he's just uh, the best prospect that they have. I mean, this is a, a fifth rounder who very well could have went way earlier in his draft class if it wasn't such a loaded uh, 2018 class. So really, really exciting news about Cedric Wilson coming out of Cowboys camp. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.